Sentinel John Syracuse has extensive backup. Marf, actually, it's one of 17 solutions I have that are interlocking in nature. How are you? I'm pretty good. I mean, this you is know, the show now, right? Well, whenever you're ready. I'm sorry. I already started. <sighs> don't you think it's in some ways your obligation to, if you start out by saying that you're not rolling, don't you think? Like, what if I said something uh, like about my, about my boy bottom or something? What if I said something? Boy million? bottom. You know. What is a... Well, it's girl bottoms and boy bottoms. You know, and what if I... Anyway, the point being... <laughs> what? You think is what, what people tune for? <laughs> this is, yeah. Okay, let me know when we're live. This is live. Okay. <sighs> this is recording now. Try not to over-prepare. I love the shows where you prepare and you read from your card, your little card. Well, well... <clears throat> I just told people on the tutor that I did not over-prepare. Well, you saw what I do. You stand. God damn it. You, do you see what I do behind the scenes, literally? I mean, you do all the heavy lifting. I know lift. what you do. You know what I do. I know I what you, you do. I send you pictures. Oh, I like those. You like those? You don't send enough. Well, you know, I think... I feel like a, I'm falling out of the loop if I don't get one of those every, you know, 30, 40 minutes. Yeah, I'm worried that you'll just stay in the loop too long. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, I do know. That's yeah. the problem. I do know. Yeah. I'll call it a batch process. That's right. Mm. Um, <laughs> did you hear Tumblr's going to clean all that up? Tumblr's clear, clearing out the pipes. That's right. They're going to they're gonna run one last batch mm -hmm. from the shell. The final batch to run, and then everything will be... Fam family, family friendly. Yeah, family friendly, and you'll be able to go on with your day without you know, any kind of tension or buildup. Ubisoft cosplay players. Like where 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 will we go? See, have you ever the deviant the deviant art deviant sciences? There's that one site where all the cosplayers are. That's not Facebook, mm -hmm. and they make you sign up for stuff. And I'm I should probably sign up. I'd get a really good username, I think, if I did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What would you go with? What would you use? Do you because you don't use that? You're not on there. Uh, I'd say maybe Black Cat Five because it's kind of an internet joke. We call that cabling. What for Ethernet? Uh, you call it uh, Cat Six. Oh, are we up to Cat Six now? Yeah, I mean, if you want to, if you want to be forward thinking, if you want to be proactive, you go Cat Six. Oh, you know what I could do? I could do. No, you know what? It's not even funny. I could make. I see the thing is, you know what the key is, Dan? You got to make one joke at a time. If you make too many jokes, it's it's not funny. If you explain the jokes, they're not funny too. I found. But if I said like Snow Black Cat Ten Point. Cat releases. You know, John Syracuse is uh, is uh, is speculating. He's stimulating that that, uh, that maybe the next one won't be a cat. Now, what do you think of that? That's what he said last time. He said Lion would be the last cat. He speculated. He doesn't that know. I... He doesn't know half what he thinks he knows. That's what I have to say. And then come on the show, John. Tell me I'm wrong after the thing. I, next I, I, one, I got... you know what the next one's going to be called? What? I think it's going to be called uh, House Cat. <laughs> <laughs> I got an inside line. That's pretty good. I know. Huh. I like that. Yeah. Black Cat would be kind of cool. You know, they've been going bigger. Now they're going to go smaller because it's all about the, the personal uh, affectations. That's right. You go, you go, you got to go big. You go go big. big or go big or, or go, go, home. Uh, go home. And they're, go home. they're going home. See? Go, go home with a house cat. Yes. That's, they call it a domestic Take cat. Take a cat home with you. That's right. Take a cat. No cat. Free. We'll neuter cat them. In the box. Neuter the cat. Neuter cat. I, you Did know. You ever, have you ever had to neuter or spay an animal? I don't mean yourself, but I have it done. With my own hands? No, just have it done. 
Like oh, take the you animal mean like to... hire somebody to make my animal incapable. I've, I've made animals incapable of many things and I don't feel great about any of them. Um, Are you sure they were yours? Uh, which ones? The generals? What do you think of the people who, like the, the, the lady who lives in the, in, in the one corner unit and, <laughs> you know, like all the cats come by there because she feeds them. And then yeah. like if you ever give her a hard time about it because they're tearing up your shrubs or whatever – Hypothetically. Then she's like, yeah, but I get them neutered. Like that makes up for it, for having wow, 50 that seems cats good. on that seems, uh, As you know, I'm not a logician, but that, that seems like uh, like kind of a, a non sequitur, as they say. Mm. Hmm. I do have a story to tell you about this in the future, maybe after dark, uh, no, a story enjoy, about I, the cat lady. Um, no, is that, is that considered ping pong? Is it pejorative to call somebody a cat lady? Should it be a cat person? <laughs> no, it's always a woman. A cat individual? See, I think there's something to it. I really do. When you say re- something to it, well, you mean I, I, the la- we know la- it's always a lady. <sighs> I think. I think the problem is cat lady. To me, when I say lady, I imagine someone maybe in mid twenties to mid thirties dresses well, social, and, social graces, socialite, social, social. Yeah, so it's the free version. Social you know, like, like would not leave the house without you know makeup and heels. Yes. The right bag. You're saying that's where it starts? No, I'm saying calling them a cat lady, that's not uh, usually the description of the woman that I'm thinking of when I imagine the woman who's hoarding cats. Oh, okay. Huh. The cat it's, woman sounds Now, if you call somebody a cat dowager or something, something <laughs> disparaging, uh, a cat <laughs> right. spinster. Yeah. Well, that's just getting more specific. That's You're into the subgenre now. Right. You don't want to run that from the, from the command line. Um, puts all your spinsters in one file. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, should, we start, should we start the show? Yeah, let's go ahead and start. Now, here's the thing. Turns out, okay, we've, I think we've discussed this on a number of occasions. We've certainly discussed Dander. But I think uh, you're going to get so much email about this. I'm pretty sure there's a thing that happens. You know, like the things where, uh, you know, like, a, like a flies go into a dead animal and lay eggs there. Maggots. Pretty, you're talking about maggots. Now that's a little bit ping pong. I think that's not what they prefer to be called now. Hmm. There, there, there's, there's a, there's an opportunity. How's that other show you do going? The, I'm not the sure. I'm not one. familiar with this work. The there, there's one. a, there's a thing that happens when you get a cat. You know what? Forget it. I, all I oh, know you're is talking this. about toxoplasmosis. Oh, is that what it's called? Yes. Okay. And, and toxoplasmosis. Now, is that the same thing why you shouldn't have cats around uh, pregnant ladies, pregnant That's, persons? That is exactly it. It's the pro it's all about the protozoa. Oh, see, I, I, I don't want to sound, I don't want to sound, uh, uh, you know, I don't want to sound like, uh, you know, theses. Mm-hmm. I'm the walrus. <laughs> I don't want to sound normative. Don't worry. You won't. No one would ever call you norm- normative. Hammer. I'm pretty sure there's something to this because there's certainly, there's the, the reason, you know, every cliche uh, starts with uh, some kind of a reality, e- even stereotypes. You know, I, 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 don't, I don't love that, but I mean, it starts somewhere. I mean, it isn't like somebody just, some cabal of people suddenly got together at a Denny's and said, ooh, let's go after elderly hoarders who enjoy cats. Like there's, there's some, there must be something to that. <laughs> and turns out, what's it called? Uh, proto, protozoa plasms? Toxo, toxoplasmosis Toxo- is a protozoa and it's called Toxoplasma Gandhi. <laughs> oh, man. I think. Oh. It's just what I have in my notes. He's dead, man. And so, um, 
It's supposedly, God, I'm sorry, it's really loud in here. Is it just me? It I seems, haven't heard there, so is that the train? Yeah, 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 it doesn't seem loud. There's another one. My God, what's happening? Ah, anyway, I, you know, I feel bad because, because, but there does seem to be, as you say, concomitance, a concomitance, a... I never said that. Okay. Uh, with, with, with the people with the cats and supposedly what happens, and I need to read up on this because I, I don't like to read, but I'm pretty sure that the, the toxoplerimosums mm-hmm. get out of the dander and they go into your brain, your, your cat, cat person brain. Mm-hmm. And that has an effect on the hoarding because oh, right, 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 right. Yes. you become like a garbage zombie. Mm-hmm. And suddenly you start keeping, you stop cleaning up the poop and whatnot because that makes a more opportunistic environment for the, for the protogisms or whatever they're called. That, 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 am I getting this right? I think it's science. Yeah, sure, sure. Okay. They, they've actually been able to show that toxoplasmosis can trigger schizophrenia and bipolar disorders. My goodness, you certainly are up to date on these things. This is something I, I spend a lot of time researching. This. Dan, Dan, a person does not in their life get to where you are by not thinking about uh, proto, protoplasmisms. I know it. Or paroxysms or Braxton Hicks. These are all things that, that we have to learn about and keep in mind. Now, is there anything well, that's Braxton the opposite? Hicks will freak you out the first time around. I'll tell you what. Oh, well, this came up on another program that'll come out I soon. I don't but- follow you. That. I'm not, not familiar with the work, but oh, Braxton Hicks, boy, <sighs> not where you want to be. No, but you remember feeling like a sucker. I mean, you remember feeling like you a jerk when, ten minutes ago. Did you? Hmm, did, never mind, babies. Nobody cares. Now let me ask you this: in, in your in your research that you've done, mm-hmm. uh, your uh, scholarship, is there anything that's the opposite of paraplexmosis? Because it seems to me like maybe that's the kind of thing you might want to get. You might want to get, if I could say Dan Benjamin, you might want to get the opposite of a cat. Whatever it is, it's going to help you keep a nicer kitchen and not have poop in the corners. Is yeah. this something you thought about? I think it's not having a pet at all. Okay, now does the dander make, does the opposite of dander make you not want to have a pet? Is the cleanse- I don't know that it, is it the dander, really? Ugh, I thought it was in the poop. Oh. I thought that's why the pregnant women can't. Uh... I thought it was like making a baking soda volcano. I thought you needed the yeah, vinegar you can't, and the You can't soda. scoop the poop. You can't scoop the poop because mm-hmm. then that releases the uh, paratoxisms. Yeah, I think I think you can have a cat if you're not the one that's doing that's doing the cleaning of the litter box. Okay, so maybe just instead, if you would like to not become a cat individual, maybe instead of worrying about getting it declawed and neutered, and I'm not I'm not promoting either. I'm not promoting either, Dan. Maybe instead you just make it so it can't poop anymore, mm-hmm. or, or so that the poop's not. Maybe you could get a like a baggie. I think now, no. I think it's all air. You know, becomes aerosolized. It's airborne, like it's the flu. airborne, like the anthrax. Could you get? Does John? Now you should talk to John Syracuse to find out if you can get a shot to not have a cat. You just wouldn't have a pet. In the it, house just at think all. about that. That having a cat, yes. especially if you're a woman, oh, God having damn. a cat will make you crazy. This is a fact. This is a Chick- fact. It's, it's not a chicken in the egg conundrum. Bipolar. I know someone who has a cat and is bipolar. You can't get bipolar from poop. This is no, they've they've done the test. I have it into the show notes at five by five dot TV slash B is in boys, two is in the number, W is in women. Hmm. It's That's in good idea. this is sure research. It's idea. been done. It's been oh, done. Oh, so it is it's definitely science. Yes, this has been done. Gandhi. You sure it isn't merely mimicking uh components of no, bipolar? This is a fact. I wonder if there's other things like this around us. Do you ever do you ever wonder about that? You certainly must. Whether there are things like um, like in milk that's bad or something, are there things that out there? That milk is sour. That milk is sour. That Could milk be, is bad. Okay, so maybe that's why I misquote things. 
you know? I had a cat declawed once, I'm, and I still feel bad about it. I had it. two declawed. It was the best thing I ever did. Were the, was it just cats that you found that you decided needed some kind of justice or I thought you didn't? <laughs> that, that's how, that's the most swift form of justice for a cat. Coming in July, summer replacement on Fox, Dan Benjamin's cat justice. <laughs> guilty. <laughs> I like the guilty. Uh, they were, they were kittens and we had them spayed, neutered and declawed simultaneously. You can have a spayed and neutered. Well, the one was boy, one was girl. And that doesn't give you any extra risk of uh, transgender proximosis? Mm-mm. Hmm. It keeps them from mating on each other, though. Tell you okay. that. What happens if the cats eat their poop? Do they get... Do they cats do not. That's the only saving grace for a cat is they won't eat You ever seen a dog poop. do that? You ever seen a dog eat its own poop? I've seen a dog eat pretty much everything on the ground. Yeah. They're not super bright. I heard... Turns oh, it's out, on the ground? Maybe I should eat that. Maybe mm-hmm. I... If, you know what? I ate a little. I'm going to save the rest so I can roll in it. Oh man! But see, there's probably there's probably dogs. a dog approximism prox, prox, for why that happens. Turns out, I know I've heard that dogs eat grass when they know that they're sick in their tummy and they need to uh, have tum- dog- you mean in their tum tum in their tum tum and they need to have some kind of uh, as you say dog and mesis. Yeah, was that was that the guy in uh, Trading Places? <laughs> the- dog and mesis. Who am I thinking of? Wasn't that one of the brothers? Uh, the- D- Dan Aykroyd, Harry Dean Stanton. Which one is he? Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> Okay. See, I didn't prepare. I, I I like the ones where you don't prepare and you're not reading from the card. If you, you know, go back uh, to the earlier episodes, like the uh, first 10 or 15 episodes, God. it always comes down and like the last 10 minutes is, I would like to present an argument, my conjecture, you know, and it goes on like that. You it's know, very this might form, be, formal. God damn it, Dan Benjamin. This might be the dander talking, but <laughs> fie on you. That's, that's, not, that's not even accurate. It's a fake joke. 58% oh. of men. Yes. A mean age 28 with schizophrenia or schizophrenia spectrum disorders. Uh, they, they all had cats. Oh, come on. Compared Malcolm with non-infected Gladwell. patients, 23% had longer hospitalizations uh, during their last admission and more positive symptoms and excitement based well, on positive and negative also, symptom scale. Pans. Also, classic Coke is good, isn't as good. I mean, is that a cat problem? You know, I mean, you can find, uh, you should talk to I'll your friend Morris. in the show notes. Okay. People can probably read make it. You know chart. what? I'll yeah. put in the show notes. They can decide the for themselves. Notes. That's right. God said it. I believe it. Okay. Um, it's your show. We can talk about whatever you want to talk about. Oh, well, like always. Oh, man. Why has it got to be this way? Do you, do you know how harmful that is to me? I got a lot of dander in here, and now I'm starting to wonder what I can blame <laughs> But it's not cat. It's not cat dander. It's the poop. It's the eggs from the poop. Oh, I'm Dan, and I got one piece of science. <laughs> Explain nothing. <laughs> so listen, how's your uh, how's your neck? Do you really want to talk about my neck? Yes, it's the it's been un, not addressed <laughs> properly. People this. email me asking about it. Yeah. Okay. That's... I mean, guess what? Let's make the show about you for the first time ever. Wow! 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 Is it Friday already? <laughs> Now, how is your, I'm seriously, how is your neck? I'm worried. No, I'm serious. You need to quit. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow. How is your neck? Have you ever become unhinged? Oh my God. Wanted to kick your podcast to the curb? Have you ever completely lost it? Hey, at least you listen to the show. Maybe I should listen to that one you do. Okay, moving on. Um, man, 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 man. Hey, listen, I'm going to plant a seed, which is, uh, uh, you know the thing? I do know it. Thing? Oh, I know it. 
Think about whether you want to talk about the thing, because then you would be committed to actually doing something. Think about the thing. Oh, I'll, and talk, about, oh, I'll talk about, about it. the thing? Oh, I'll talk. Okay. You push me, I push back, mister. Is oh, that right? Oh, I'll talk. It's Ben Grimm that said that, the thing. <laughs> I, um, what I was going to say was something. Oh, did you see to, the new Scotty Young uh, that came out last this week? Oh, it's X-Men? Uh, an X-Men one. Did you see it? I got it. Okay, good, because I almost bought it for you, and I said, oh, I have a feeling he has this one. Well, we don't get that many, as you know, we don't get that many variant covers, but they had that one. I, I told them, like, how much my daughter wanted that one in particular, and uh, it's so cute. It's a treehouse, and in this X-Men, which I didn't love, um, I wanted to love it, but I didn't love it. <laughs> That's, um, that's me with all of the X-Men comic books and we're Avengers. Cut, we're going to cut, cut all of that out. <laughs> all right, that's gone. You're telling me as you stand here today, you don't like Uncanny X-Men right now? Okay. <sighs> mm. Oh, you know what they should do? They should add in a rabbit with a sword. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What you should do. You hey, did you ever read the, uh, the 47 Ronin I sent you? Know, they're, they're in my, I gotta, you know what? I'm going to write that down right now. I got to yeah. do that. Write it down. I got to do that. I, got, I still haven't read The Last Uncanny Avengers. <sighs> I can, you know what? I gave up on the Infinity Gauntlet. I gave up. Mm-hmm. I do have a recommendation this week. Uh, what were we talking about, Dan? We were back on Dander, and we moved on to um, my uh, uh, dog buns. Huh. Oh, oh, oh. So first of all, I want you to talk, think about the thing and whether you want to talk, because I think we should talk about the thing. Yes, I'm, I said fine. Let's do it. Okay, we'll Put circle it all back. out there. Okay, tungle it. Uh, and I don't over-prepare. I got dander. Um, huh. Remember when I, you know, used I, to have those note cards? You always shake them? Me? There they are. That's them right there. That's all my notes from Roderick on the line last night. Nice. Um, so, um, gosh, I, I feel I feel a little bit lost in this, but... This, uh, oh, you know what? It'll, it'll come back to me. So, uh, yeah, if I felt bad because the cat cats need claws, it's hard, it's kind of how they experience the world, right? They got the smell, uh, and they got the the you know when they want to make biscuits on your chest, they they, they need the claws. Uh, cats have a lot going on with smell, and yet they don't mind living in the house with the cat people. Do you have? Have you ever had a cat? Your own cat? Bet kept, I did. Kept a cat. Oh, it was a cute little cat. What was its name? Cat. I'm not gonna say. No, I get that. Yeah. You don't need no, you to don't put too much personal stuff up. Mm-hmm. Um, my cat, my I, cat, I've had lots of cats. My cat that died 14 years ago. <laughs> I've owned, uh, not owned, I've companioned. I've companioned uh, two uh, canine plasms and uh, one uh, feline leukemia. And um, yeah, yeah. I had a, have had a beagle and a pointer and a uh, cat. Respectively, I don't think there's different kinds of cats, but uh, yeah, not a beagle. None of them were super bright. Uh, my pointer, who was named Chauncey Gardner for a reason, w- was not crazy smart, but he was a real sweetie. <sighs> we're thinking about getting a cat. What? Very, very seriously? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What for the kid or what? Well, I mean, I don't know. Hopefully, we have it for you know more than a meal or something. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a cat like you know, that. You know? Nope, 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 nope. Uh, anyway, I feel bad about the declawing. Uh, let's go. Let's go to some uh, some uh, fake follow up, and then we can. Uh, oh, and actually, we got lots of sponsors. We so got three don't... really good sponsors. Wow! 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 You ever, you ever kick your sponsor to the curb? When, whenever you want to jump in and tell me about something you like, uh, feel free to do that. Um, does this order matter? Does this order matter? I can go. In, okay, I'm going to go me, in reverse. On, order. Let, let me ask them real quick. Oh, Is there? Stop it? Here, let me just. Okay, could you please get the uh, rest of the Henderson file? <laughs> Thank you. 
Uh, barbecue. Okay. <laughs> Some place you go, Blimpies. He's firing on all six cylinders today, isn't <laughs> I, uh, you know what I did? I ate. I think it makes a difference. I tried God. to not prepare and I did eat. So what did you have, have? Oh, dude. Just a bunch uh, of eclairs and donuts, hot dog buns. Oh man. Can you, can you, yeah, if, I, if I ask you to blip something, I make the bejesus out of a tri-tip. I do things to a tri-tip that, that would, you would only do to somebody you met at a train station in Germany. <laughs> I make. <laughs> oh. <coughs> Nine. Mm. <laughs> sir, sir, good. But, uh, Everything I know about Germany, I learned from Hogan's Heroes. Oh, really? Oh, my gosh. I have so many Holocaust things to tell you about. I watched Downfall again this week. I watch a couple Holocaust things a week. Um, I like the things where it explores Hitler's relationship with the occult. Oh, those are the good too. ones. They none I of them start in America. Yeah, yeah. It has to start at about one a.m. before it's good. If That's it's, one of those like it used to be a regular channel mm -hmm. channels like like A and E or something. Yeah, you know, <laughs> history. Yeah, spring break diving board right after Hitler's cross. <laughs> you ever kick your dictator to the curb? You at least you listen. I'm thrilled that you listen. Maybe you just, just listen to the intro. I've, I've written them down phonetically for the song. Yeah. Boy, you were mad a couple weeks ago. I'm we mad so every week. Yeah, I, 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 got, I got a right to be uh, hostile. My people have been persecuted. Your people? Anyway. You have uh, people? Uh, people of a kind. I have cat people. Putting out fire with gasoline. Did you ever see that movie, Natasha Kinski? Natasha Kinski. No, never did. Never did. You never Rucker saw Howard cat people? That? Never saw cat people. I heard the song. Uh, I saw the poster. Uh, was that Rucker Hauer? Who was in there? Who am I thinking of? Jeremy Irons? Midnight Express, what am I thinking of? No, Who was in the movie? Who was Jeremy the male Irons movie? was in that one where he played the, the two twins. Two, two people. And the, right. mutant, the mutant women. That's right, with the uh, Alan Dershowitz movie. <laughs> right, so is that the one I'm thinking of? With, uh, that Sonny, was a Sonny, great movie. Sonny Von Bulow? Yeah. Von Bulow Files. It was with... Oh, uh, man, and he was the cool cool cat in that, man. Man, I always thought I would like to help Alan Dershowitz out because I think he'd get free Chinese food. Like, that's... When you're in... If you go to law school... Mm -hmm. That's what you want to happen, and you realize that's not what's going to happen. It's more like the paper chase. What was the name of that movie? Uh, get witness, witness for the murder count. Sonny yep. Von Bulow. Sonny Von Bulow. What a great name. Narrated by her. Oh, it's genius. Stroke of genius. Oh, that's good. That's like yeah, to, to kill a socialite. Yeah, Harper Lee. Um, <clears throat> so can I tell you uh, about something I let Merlin? I, I can ask you, Dan. Can I ask you a question? I'm gonna drink this orange juice, and I like you telling me something you like. All right, you drink up. Hang on one second. Do these need to be uh, in any particular order? Okay, thank you. Go ahead. It's a legitimate hey. question. Hey, 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 Dan, could you tell me about something you like? Uh, let me tell you about Backblaze. You heard of these guys? I've used it. John Syracuse's personal backup solution, if I'm, if I'm uh, allowed to say that. Endorsed, wow. endorsed fully by John Syracuse. Marf, actually, it's one of 17 solutions I have that are interlocking <laughs> in nature. <laughs> Sentinel John Syracuse has extensive backup. <laughs> Sentinel John Syracuse is talking. Backblaze is awesome. <laughs> hey, got, you got to eat before every show, man. Sentinel John Syracuse is reading Chris Claremont dialogue. <laughs> I am drawn by John Byrne. I was lettered. Backblaze is part of my integrated solution. Dan, 
Can you tell me about something you like? I I I, I have run this thing called Backblaze. Yes, this is online online backup. in the background, and it just does a thing. It's, it's really cool. Here's the thing people need to remember. Let me. I got to tell you. Here's the thing. It's the easiest online backup solution available anywhere. It's simple. It's designed to be easy to use. And what does that mean? It means you upload all of your files as quickly as your bandwidth allows. It backs up all of your data by default. Now, you you don't have to, a lot of these, you have to go in and you have to configure. Well, do I want this? Do I not? This is going to get everything. And it backs it up. It backs it up. It's completely secure. And they've spent a lot of time, you know, because you're you're putting your stuff up there, like in the cloud, and you want to know that that's just for you, like not anyone else can get that. All of this is taken care of. They've got the best clients. And that's something else that you'll hear when you ask people what, what online backup solution do you use? And they'll say, well, I, I want something that's got a really refined client. I want something that will get out of the way and just do what I needed to do without having to think about it. And it's one thing, yeah, you know, we all, we all have little solutions here and there, ways to trade files, places we want to go. This is going to back up everything. And you can, they, well, first of all, they have different plans depending on what you want to do. You want to pay, spend five bucks a month, you can do that. You want to get a yearly plan, you want to get uh, two years, you want to get multiple computers. This is the thing. Until, I remember when I was a kid and I was writing, a, 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 I guess we call them term papers. I don't know, reports? What do you call them? Reports? Report. Uh, it, I was it writing a report. An, I would call it, a, you know, depending on the age, I would call it, I would call it a report. I would call it a, uh, a paper. And I was using my Commodore 64. And I was running Geos, okay? And I was writing, and I had like the whole thing written. It took me forever. It took me all weekend. And of course, I didn't save anything because I was, uh. you know, 12 years old. And whatever happened, you know, somebody walks by, flips off a light switch in the living room, which happens to control the power, you know, strip in my bedroom. And it lost the whole thing. And ever since then, I've been like, no, I need to save constantly, but I also need to have backups of stuff. And when I used to work in uh, as an IT uh, stooge, I used to always have these backups of everything. And it amazes me today that people walk around with their laptop that they're taking with them on travel, that they're taking with them all over the place, and they don't have a decent backup of anything. Oh, well, I back up to a, to a drive. How do you do it? Oh, I plug in a drive once every few weeks. Every few weeks, Backblaze is going to be constant. It's instant. As soon as you have downtime, the machine knows it, starts backing your stuff up. Unlimited unthrottled, easy to use, and not expensive. Special URL, backblaze, B-A-C-K-B-L-A-Z-E, backblaze.com slash 5 by 5 15-day free trial for you guys. Start uploading now. Go check it out. Backblaze.com slash 5 by 5 Our thanks to uh, Backblaze for supporting 5 by 5 and back to work. Back to work. <laughs> um, but it, it's funny. I mean, it's one of those things where... It's kind of like talking about being S-I-C-K, where you, you kind of don't even, again, I, I don't think of myself as being superstitious, but it's one of those things you don't like to talk about. Like, it's been five years since I've been sick. And then suddenly you're stricken because you never got a flu shot. Mm. Like, I, talking, I feel like I'm really tempting. I'm, I'm you know, uh, speaking of the devil when, mm. when I talk about backup. But it, it is really strange that how you get through these levels of thinking about backup. This is not part of the uh, sponsor spot. But um you meet people whose idea of backup is moving, is duplicating a file and moving it to a different part of their drive. But, or or at, in best cases, like, you know, emailing something to yourself. Right. But, that's, that's, by the way, you've just described my mom's lifelong backup strategy. Well, I copied it to the desktop. 
<laughs> that's how she's backed up a file. Now it's safe. Well, you know, for a long time, that's 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 what we knew to do. We didn't have the bandwidth. We didn't have the disk space a lot of times. And, uh, you know, I think having these layers to your backup is, is, a, is a pretty neat idea. And, I mean, I, I haven't used... I, I used Backblaze a while back. <clears throat> now I, I'm definitely going to get... Um, try it again because... Um, I like, I do like the layered approach. I mean, a lot of people say, Hey, time machine. Well, time machine's great. It's really, really great. Especially if you run that time machine editor to tell it how often to do it, mm-hmm. I think. But, um, you know, there's, there, Still there are certainly around a drive. Uh, well, yeah. And it's on site, mm-hmm. you know, uh, yeah, cause if somebody steals your laptop, they're certainly not going to steal the drive that's attached to it. <laughs> right. Well, luckily you you can in, now. Of course, you can so you can encrypt um, your time machine. But nevertheless, uh, it's it's nice to have those layers. And yeah, and having it, you know, it, anything that you want to have happen, you shouldn't have to think about it, right? So you know, if if you if you want to go running, as we like to say, like you know, make it something where you don't have to think about it. Like think about it enough to make it a habit. And in the case of something like backup or you know, like like online payments, you know, you can set stuff so that it's another thing you don't have to think about. That's enough said about that. Backblaze. Um, wow, 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 wow. What are we into? Oh, it's, it's not bad. Half an hour. Yeah, we're, um, we're doing good. Yeah. Yeah, we're doing, I think it's pronounced goodly. Double, um, double plus good. Did you ever watch that uh, double plus goodly? Did you ever watch that uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? Sounds familiar. I'll tell you what. You throw me the head of three of the whip. I, I will read the comics that you were kind <laughs> enough to send me. That has... Um... Uh, I think you're thinking of uh, Alfred Molina. <clears throat> Alfred Molina. Has Robert uh, Downey Jr. in that? No, no, no. That that Corbin, was in he, Corbin Burnson. Corbin Burnson was a producer also of the film. Oh, and it's got uh, Val Kilmer, which sounds like a girl's name. Um, the, the saint, as we call him. What you do is you get a tri-tip. Now I know you're thinking to yourself, a tri-tip. What? I like delicious meats. Here, trust me on this. You get the tri-tip. And, and, and step five is you're going to want to cut it against the grain. But before you ever get to that, that's very, very important. You get your tri-tip. Get a pretty good-sized tri-tip. Let it come to room temperature. Not to where it gets cat dander in it, but let it come to room temperature. People don't know this, Dan. They take things out of the refrigerator and throw it on the grill like a sucker. You let it come to room temperature. And now, try this recipe. I know. You're thinking this is crazy, but here's what you do. You get a bunch of kosher salt, Mazel tov, and you just no oil, no nothing. You cover that thing. With kosher salt. I mean, really, really cover that with kosher salt and then cook it. If I'm cooking inside, I will, uh, I'll give it a little, a little sear in a pan and then finish it, as they say, in the, uh, in the oven. But grilled, that sounds so crazy. My friend from Brazil uh, told me this one time when we were barbecuing. And I thought, you are, you are nutty balls. There's no way that's going to be any good. And it's actually so good. I'm just saying, like, if you're one of those people who would like to be a person you, who to get me. this to get this piece of steak to be edible, though. And I've had some good tri tips, so I'm along on board with it. But oh, you have to marinate it, you do this, you do that. If you did the, what, if you did that to any cut of meat, it's going to taste good, though. Well, what makes I, a tri tip so special that if you do that to it, that it's going to like if I gave you a, a, a flank steak, your other favorite. Mm-hmm. And you did the same thing to the flank steak that you're talking about doing to the tri-tip and cooked it the same way. Wouldn't it be just as good? Well, or is there something want... about the tri-tip that is special? That's a good question. I, I, I'm no Marco of meat, so I don't want to try and get into the science of this. But uh, I think there's something um... meaning that you don't you don't just buy the meat and then sell it immediately. So the thing is, mm, 
that uh, I don't know why. I mean, there's for one thing, it's it's less costly mm-hmm. than a, a lot of delicious meats. But some of my favorites are are you know increasingly, uh, you know, <clears throat> like I still think filet mignons are kind of like. I think they're real overrated. I'll oh, take a Chateau Briand. I'll take a Chateau Briand because I like something where you can have a little complexity to it. You know? Uh, anyway, uh, that's really good. Or if you want to, you can obviously put junk like, you know, I love Mrs. Dash, you know, because I'm white trash. Hulk smash. Um, tri-tip, boy, is that ever good though? Woo! And you slice it against the grain with some horseradish on the side. Brother, is that ever good? So that's what I ate before the show. <clears throat> something on... Um, it's so strange. I listened to these episodes when they came out, and I've returned to them um, on uh, the Incomparable podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's they, a good one. I, I listened to this. It's one of those things where I, I don't know. I, I, I secretly really, really, really like that show, and uh, I, I listened back to. <laughs> this is almost a great place to start with that show. Um, they did two episodes on the Phantom Menace. And um, the entire first episode, and it's got, well, gosh, I'll probably miss some people that are on it. It's got, a, it's got an all-star crew, but like, you know, it's got Jason, it's got Serenity Caldwell and Dan Morin and John Sarkusa and Greg Noss and Marty, I think the fellow's name is. McFly. <clears throat> and um, I think he's going to Biff. And it's so freaking funny. It's just so funny. I mean, John Sarkusa, who before and after that ep- episode continues to... I, I want to say insist, but I think he might actually believe that none of those three movies exist. Anyway, it's really funny. <laughs> the, the second episode is hilarious because they end up talking about scenes in the movie. The first episode, it's like over an hour of them just venting about the entire proposition. And mm. it's and I went and I listened to both of them twice again this week, and they were so delightful. So those are in show notes, The Incomparable. Um, <laughs> Go Wash a Droid, I remember, is the second one. And <laughs> the first one is, we waited 16 years for this. Dan Moore and Greg Noss, John Syracuse, Monty Ashley, Serenity Caldwell, and Steve Lutz. My apologies to everyone. So that's really good. <clears throat> I like podcasts, Dan. I mean, you get into it. Yeah, I do. I get real into them. I, I will eventually be on all of them. Hey, is there anything that we should be doing about the, the, the patent thing? No, not talking about it. And then that's uh, what we my, su- be doing. my suggestion for this week is uh, something I mentioned before. Now, this is very confusing uh, because there are two, believe it or not, this is going to sound very strange to you, but I don't know if you know this, Dan, sometimes in the Marvel Universe, there are things with very, very similar names. And it can be a little confusing. So most people know about Secret Wars, which came out a long time ago and is basically a tie-in for toys. I want to reiterate that I've been reading this to my daughter. It's a really good comic from a few years ago called Secret War. He, uh, as memory serves, it's a five-issue comic book limited series published by Marvel Comics. It's BMB and uh, Gabriel Del Otto, and uh, it's really good. I- I'm not going to say anything about it, except that I recommend it, because um, I'm trying to stop doing the spoiler thing. But uh, I-, I would suggest the TPB. Um, what I can mention that won't be a spoiler is that it's a nice... It's not a crossover. It's just got a bunch of good people in it. The, the-, the supers that are in it are Captain America, Spider-Man, Daredevil, Black Widow, Luke Cage, Wolverine. And a certain S.H.I.E.L.D. agent who is introduced for the first time in this, who becomes uh, a popular character later. Hmm. 2005, uh, Secret War by BMB. Brian Michael Bendis! And it's in, uh, it's in show notes. <sighs> I wish you'd let me prepare. Oh my God, I think that's it. I think that's, and then I've got, I've got topics. Put some, uh, put some pictures in show notes. And you know what? I got to let go and let God. You know what I mean? Like get get a new co-pilot. <clears throat> uh, yeah, 
I'm not really rated. But I mean, I, you know, I'll talk about whatever you want to talk about. See, I shouldn't talk about talking about stuff, though, right? Isn't that part of the problem? I don't think. I just, I don't think we can have two Shucky Jiveys in a row. And now I, I can't talk can about any of the serious stuff because it's going to be all, all weird now. Do you want to mention the thing? Do you want to do that? Sure. I mean, I got two See, more sponsors I feel like, to do. We can just uh, keep doing uh, sponsors. No, we're not done. Uh, don't worry. I, hey, you know, my schedule changed, so I got, I got a lot more time now. Um, I'm gonna, I want you to talk about the thing because mm-hmm. then you'll have to do the thing. Oh, it's fine. I'm, I told you we can talk about it. It's fine. Whatever you want. It's your show. <laughs> Actually, Dan, it's our show. Oh, wow. That may be the first time you've ever acknowledged this. Boy. So let's talk, let's talk you know about what? it. You know what? I, I, I hand you an olive branch and you slap me in the dick with it. I don't what? understand. What? Why that is. Hello? What just <laughs> happened? Let's do, let's talk about it. Let's put it out there. So I don't know if anybody, you know, uh, any folks out there, but Dan and I uh, do a podcast together called Back to Work that we started in <laughs> January, diggity, thousand, what was it, 2011? Is that right? Yeah. Uh, it was over two, two years ago, right? Well, it, it yes. Dan and I have a very been, important phone call that came in. Well, we've had, we've been, uh, I was on some of Dan's shows before that, including the pipeline of the conversation. Dan and I. The best been, episode uh, of the conversation you were on. I, I think my pipeline was pretty good too. If you no, know what it, I mean. it was, it was absolutely good, but I'm just saying. Yeah. The one with Jeff Fien. Yeah. That one I re- is I re-listened still... to episode five today. Um, and, uh, it's funny how often in those first few shows when the show was still good, how often that interview comes up. Would you put that in show notes, please? The interview conversation with Jeffine conversation, uh, missionless statements. I want to say, and you said episode five. No, 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 uh, no. Five is our show that I was listening oh, to. Oh, 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 conversation. Anyway, Dan you. and I, and, and, uh, Dan and I have been internet pals for a long time. I've been a long, long time fan of Dan's website. Hive logic. I have done innumerable Dan tutorials on how to make things happen on OS 10. I've used many of your products. So I've, been in your whether you knew it or not i've been in your internet circle for a long time and next week we're going to meet for the first time isn't that crazy Mm -hmm. how is that possible (laughs) that we're actually meeting no that it's taken this long alligator in the bathroom january 18th 2011 first episode and that's the first episode of this program yeah yeah the pipeline Uh, episode i still that's uh, and we said this that's episode number seven and uh, oh right, and our mat, that was seven of that show. It's like seven. We should do a, a show on numerology. Excuse me, I don't know that much about it. Yeah, is that where you have like a Scorpio or a Leo? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, you could be uh, born in the year of the wonton, uh, in which case you might have uh, Tiger Talk. And uh, oh, that's you- the new uh, Mac uh, Mac OS Tiger Talk. I think uh, I think uh, Sentinel was uh, uh, was speculating. He was stimulating that it, that it might be called Lynx. How can he? How can Syracuse and I read comics? It makes no sense to me. Yeah, there's so many things about him that don't make sense that I feel like I've tried to I've unintentionally driven myself crazy trying to figure him out. And it really, literally, is like trying to analyze a Sentinel. Like you would think that if you went to someone like John and you said, "Do you like computers? Yes. Do you <laughs> like comic books? Yes." It was just you know affirmative, all of them. But no, it's like these things that, and and he is totally about Star Trek, and yet he like Star Wars. He's all Star Trek because it's based on science. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Well, it doesn't. I mean, th- there's a certain kind of nerd profile. There's a certain kind of nerd Venn diagram, and he. It's completely perplexing that he can't find part of his circles to overlap with comics. 
And I think he's kind of tried. I think he's kind of tried, but I don't think he has it in him. I sent you a picture of the module again. The module. Oh, wait, 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 when did you send that? Did I not send it? I thought I did. The uh, module. I, t- I took a picture of the dungeon that I drew. Uh, I love the, the longhand, longhand descriptions. Dan and I are going to meet next week for the first time in San Francisco. Because you're, crazy? you are, and I'm committing you to this now. I don't want to hear any excuses for this, or excuse me, reasons. But, uh, but uh, you're going to come out here. Yep. Uh, this is a conference happening out here next week, mm-hmm. and you and I, me and you, as you say, uh, are going to meet for the first time, and we're going to next week. This will not be publicly attendable, but you and I are going to record our podcast in person together. In person together, side by side, as men. Do you think that's going to change everything? What if this changes everything, Dan? I I hope it changes everything. What if you get really intimidated by how much taller I am? Is that going to be weird? I'm, that's the story of my whole life is being intimidated by people who are taller than me. So I don't think that's avoiding cat dander was the story of your life. I didn't say I would go into your personal private studio. <laughs> I, not even that I'm even invited there, but I will go. If JXPX double O whatever has been in there. And I will pick you up in my automobile and drive <laughs> you to the Mac world office. No, this is not Mac world. Why is the floor moving? That's weird. Creak, creak, creak. But no, I think it's going to be great. Do they have sound isolation in there? Or are we going to have to worry about leakage? Um, I don't think there's going to be any leakage. Have you been up in there before in that piece? No. I don't really, I don't go places, but I'm very excited. And I, because I didn't believe you, I double checked with uh, Jay Snell and he agreed that we were going to be there. So I see. I want to do the voice, but I'm not allowed. Uh, no, 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 no. Listen, <clears throat> we have reached a, we've reached a quiet detente. <laughs> And he's invited me back to his program. I don't know why, but I've been invited back to his yeah, podcast. Yeah, I won't, I won't mess this up for you. I know okay. how important this is for you. I know how much you've worked for this. Well, let me, let me get past this one because I'm very excited about this. I think okay. you mentioned it on the, on the last episode, but yeah. Anyway, all I'm saying is it's exciting. It's a big week. God damn it. It's four, 42 minutes. We're doing uh, good. So I'm really so yeah, excited. So people, wanna, people want to attend this. They want to sit in. Get a job at Macworld. That's right. If you're in the studio when we record, I suppose you'll be sitting in, won't you? Well, you got to be. You, this uh, is historic, you avoid, though. We'll take lots leakage. of pictures. want to avoid leakage. There's two kinds of leakages. Audio leakage mm-hmm. and the other kind. Oh, the kind where the pizza grease comes out? <laughs> is that what you call it? Oh, remember that when they made those potato chips? Like, that's okay. They're good for you. Yeah, the Olean. <clears throat> Olean. Olean, yeah. What could possibly go wrong? Except that you will unintentionally squirt a little bit of uh, pizza grease through the day. Mm-hmm. That's what they said. They say, you know, you got the leakage when you. <laughs> you know, there's a whole Wikipedia page on life model decoys. Really? Yeah. 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 Is that kind of like, I, I, that's a heavy retcon thing, right? Look at like, that. There is. Psych. That wasn't actually nightshade. Bucky. I love that. That's just, it's, it's a good answer for everything. Ah, or, or, uh, isn't the other one, it's a scroll. Like, oh no, that, that, uh, Jessica Drew was actually a scroll. Yeah. Or that Psylocke was actually they dis- the other Psylocke. They dispatch the crawl and they're mm-hmm. like, oh, it was just a, it was, it was just a scroll. Like it's not, they're, they don't mean anything. They're sort of like, is- the, like the LMD, you can get rid of that. And it's not, it was never alive to begin with. But if you're going to do that kind of junk, that should cost you money. To, to like to, to you know, uh, call shenanigans like that. And, and uh, it's so annoying. Should I read the Cree scroll uh, stuff? Is I would skeptical? say yes. No, okay. you'll like that. It's the 70s, 80s? I think late 70s. Okay. All right. I, I've heard it's good. Um, 
So that's exciting, Dan. We're going to do that. Now, maybe we'll get a meal or something. We'll, we'll I visit. Hope, I hope that you're not too time restricted. No, no. Not like I say, my schedule's gotten better. But, you know, WWDC week is always really weird. It's, you know, what do you, do, to, what do you typically do for that? Try to avoid leaving the house. Really? And then if I, but like, you know, I can't, I don't want to be that guy, but like, I can't just like, oh, okay, honey, I'm just going to go somewhere and mostly drink for five days. Like it's not, it's not cool. Like I, I if I can't once do Once like, a year? If you can't go on a bender once a year, what's the point of living? Well, I go on little benders. I go on the call a mini bender so a couple times a day and you can really stretch that out. <laughs> from the, from the earth to the moon. Here's the thing. If you break up your drinking into little bits, it's not actually a problem. That's science. Mm-hmm. It's a fact. You think you're better than me? <laughs> so anyway, I'm looking forward to that. <clears throat> Got a bunch of topics. That'll be fun. And that's, uh, that's going to be uh, here in town. Now, now, um, now people will ask. Because, How far you know, are you from uh, Moscone? Like, I couldn't you, say. Is it walkable? Listen, everything's walkable if you have enough time, Dan. Okay. Um, now, people are going to ask about this because you're a, a well-known internet personality and a podrepreneur. So where are places that people can see you? You didn't ask me to say this. I'm asking you. When you're in town, if you would like to be seen, and obviously people probably shouldn't touch you, I'm just going to guess. Mm-hmm. Where, where would, is there a place where people can see you? Are there events that you're going to? Will you be speaking anywhere? Will I mean, you be I, a, a I, sanitizer at a certain time and date? I don't have any specific plans. I like to you know, keep, keep the options open. But I think, you know, some of the, the bigger parties and stuff, I'll try to, uh, I'm definitely going to Jim's, uh, Jim Dalrymple's party. That's a, that's a lock. Will you be the one wrapped in saran wrap? Oh, did they do that last year? Like the sushi girl? <laughs> I'd love to see you in a hazmat suit. I'll be in that. I'll wear I, whatever. Thank you very much. I enjoy doing the show. <laughs> so I'll go to, I'm going to Jim's thing. There's a smile party. I'm going to that. Yep, beard bash, smile party. Smile party is always, uh, always a. Those are the only two things that that are definite. And then there's a few other things I may show up at. You know, I'm trying to. I don't make a big thing out of it. No, I do a cameo. They call it. So it's you know they call it a walk on. Hmm. Is that what it's called? Yeah, you walk on. You walk on. You make an appearance. Yeah, I don't think I'll have any lines, but. Oh, I get it. You're. I got a non-speaking part. Mm-hmm. That I don't way, think they I've don't never get, had. They don't I've never crap. had a non-speaking part. All my parts are speaking. Do you remember hmm. when you used to walk around and uh, you'd be like, you'd have your shoe or a wallet? I would talk into my shoe. That's when I was Merlin Man. Do you ever God. have a wallet that you use? For have some you reason? ever had a single moment's thought? <laughs> you know, I noticed on the tutor, uh, <laughs> and in a minute I want to hear about this. Uh, but I heard on the tutor now more and more people. More Dan, today, more and more people, literally more and more people are, are going and seeking out Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross in particular. I know, it's the best. Yep. We need to have a showing here in the office of it. I think we should go ahead and, uh, and, and tangle this, but we, sh- we should go ahead and do an episode. Fine, on, uh, yes. Who, who else should be on? Um, the guy that just- used to be Merlin Mann and me. Wow, that's a great idea. Who else? Um, who else do we need? Do we really need anyone else? No, but three's, three's a good number. Sandy. Yeah. He's probably never seen that movie. It's not alternative enough wow i know you wow you turned like a page my i know friend. i know wow 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 have you ever thought for a Just, single solitary moment it's a contract you know, my responsibilities to my employers may 1st has it ever occurred to you mm. Mm. does it matter to you at all <laughs> the owners have placed their complete confidence in me and i've signed a letter of agreement a contract um, in which I've accepted that responsibility. Do you? 
I'm I just think this, and it's officially a different show now. <laughs> yeah, it's switched over. We got into, <sighs> we got to get back to helping people again. That's your forte. I'll tell you, I'll tell, I'll tell you my topics. I get got you here. back in, a, in your wheelhouse. Uh, handing somebody the ketchup every morning. Mm-hmm. How many Saturdays do you get? Mm-hmm. Urgency. I'm very interested in urgency. Uh, envy versus jealousy. 1,000 tips. Uh, the scratch itch phenomenon. Oh, expertise in the bookstore guy. That's a good one. I haven't not talked about that one before. Unfinished things. I got a lot here. I got a lot here. Should we at least introduce something before we talk about something you like? Dan, I feel very guilty about this. Why? What? Do you understand that literally dozens of people tune into the show every week to get help with their productivity, barriers, creativity, Dan Benjamin, Merlin Mann? Best SEO, best SEO, SEO practices. Do you know that? Don't you think people, people arrive here looking for more than, than, than cat dander, poop eating, and uh, steak I'll, tips? I'll, I'll, I think that there are two kinds of <laughs> listeners to this show. This sounds like one of my things. Two things. There's always two things. First kind of listener. The first kind of listener is the kind, hold on, is, lost my place. Okay, sorry. <clears throat> hey, Dan, <laughs> uh, it seems like there's so many kinds of listeners. Do you have any sense of how many kinds of listeners this show has? I believe, Merlin, there are two kinds of listeners to this show. The first kind of listener to this show is the kind who tunes in to learn about things like productivity, boundaries, self-improvement, and life hacking. The second type of listener is usually tuning in simply to be entertained and to feel a human connection with people who understand them on their level. What, yes, do, you, what do you think, Merlin? Sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. <clears throat> yes, Dan, I agree. I think that there are, there are, in essence, two kinds of listeners in this show. The second kind is... Oh, Sentinels. I think you're right. I think you're right. I think you're right. And I think that the the second type of listeners, they're the ones that tune in every week. They're the ones yes. who just they they want to be on this wavelength because it 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 even though we're you're not dispensing advice in some way or productivity tips, they feel like they're we're in they're sharing this little f- familial unit. Familial unit. Familial unit. They are unit. The, they're the serious <laughs> hardcore alcoholics who don't care if there's free wings during happy hour. That's right. They're here. They're here for the drinks. They're not here for the, to drink. They're not here right, to have a fun. serious conviviality of right. literally hitting your forehead on but the thing, floor. You know, whenever we say, "Is this your show? Is this what people tune in for?" We will yes. inevitably get a bunch of tweets of people saying, "This is exactly what we tune in." Because you don't hear from people about. who aren't listening. Right. 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 Oh, that's a good point. It's called a dander heuristic. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Boy, dogs are weird. If you really think about it. Think about having an actual animal that lives in your house it's and sleeps gross. in your bed. It's gross. Sleeps in your bed. Yeah. And then you feed it. Like you're, you're, you're at the table and like you think it's fun to like give it food. And you're you about know, to eat. Everybody who has a dog, think about this. They're yeah. pretty much, they're, they're walking around behind it, watching it poop and picking up the poop. You're watching it poop. I don't want to watch anybody poop. I don't even, you know what I'm saying? Like I don't no, even want to watch I, 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 when I, I, a Beltro poop. Not at all. No. What would she be wearing? A diaper, an adult diaper. What, like, like, uh, would, would it be like a, like a, like a, like a Gucci or a, uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know an, if they make those. An Erve Legere? <laughs> Erve Legere? Oh, Hulk Smash? <clears throat> um, I have a dear family member whose dog is extremely incontinent. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> Which is funny. Not just a little in comment, but extremely. Well, Dan, <laughs> where where is the the it's, it's how many in- levels are there between slightly and <laughs> You ready? Yes. Two. Okay. <laughs> Level number one. Oh man. The the the, the this the, the See, each one of these is less manageable than the other. But on the one level, the mm-hmm. dog can't stop from taking a crap right. and kind of not knowing it. So you go, oh, there, there's the thing I got to do. But also it drips. <laughs> okay. So oh, first man. the dog goes, oh, boy, and drop the deuce. And then on the other hand, even as it walks around the house, bumping into things senilely, dogs senilely, it's like, And so it has to wear this <laughs> this little doggy. It's not even like it doesn't even have the dignity of a diaper. It's more like a strap-on handkerchief <laughs> <laughs> to catch to catch the driplings. It's this is so bad. What, yeah, really what is. has and, happened to the show? It's little. You can't even put it to work. It can't. It can't hurt animals or catch birds or you know uh, uh, carry liquor around its neck. I met a really nice dog the other day. It was a cross between a, a, a German Shepherd and a uh, Labrador Retriever. And I thought, you know what? That's, that's a dog I could like. Hmm. Especially if it was the size of like a guinea pig. You got a feeling on eugenics? No. Okay, me neither. Um, so we could talk about urgency. <laughs> talk about urgency, boy. <laughs> no, I think that's thing. what we got to talk about. Yeah, I mean, it's one thing to go, oh, I got to really get to a bathroom. And it's another thing for it to, it to for it to just be like a like an old faucet with a with a bad washer in it, but it's a dog. That's terrible. Yeah, isn't that awful? Sweet. I little think that you're imagining that sound. That's she, not something you've heard. In, she holds it in her lap. I've just, seen people let their dog drink right out of the glass they're drinking out of, and then drink. I trained my dog to drink milk out of my mouth. It was uh, it was always what? good. Yeah, yeah. I, How uh, old were you? Me? Is this in that picture of you on the bed? Uh, no, no, no. I don't think I was older than 21. And <laughs> no, you know the one I'm talking about. It, but here's the deal. If you lay on your back with something that's obviously no. consumed in your mouth and you open it really big and you go, oh, 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 the dog will come over and eat or drink it out of your mouth. You don't, you don't like getting little sweet little kisses from a doggy? You don't like that at all? From a what? A doggy? No. Hmm. That's the cats that I don't Not, trust. I don't trust any of them. I'm going to write this down. I want to look into this whole dander cycle thing because I think there might be something very, the dogs very... are not loyal. They're operating purely on instinct and they follow the alpha dog, which is usually the person. It's not a matter. Huh. Loyalty is a decision that you make with, with, with intelligence. I have chosen to be loyal. Dogs are not loyal. We interpret their behavior as loyalty. It's simply the behavior that is the result of many, 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 many untold generations of following the alpha dog even to their death. It's That's, not loyalty. That is super interesting. I've, I've thought about this a lot. I mean, because I think dogs are very interesting in, in the sense that I think there are, maybe this is um, anthropomorphism because it's anthropomorphism, but I think people are, are like dogs in a lot of ways where, I mean, you know, oh God, don't get Brett Terps started on that dog whisperer guy, by the way. Apparently he's 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 not really into that guy. He says he's 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 vending some pretty uh, inaccurate stuff. Apparently, really? But, oh yeah, yeah. Don't get literally. Don't get him started. Well, he's up he, there in uh, in, in SF, cold, right? Colder climbs. Who who's a dog whisperer? No, he's in L.A. by the uh, dog psychologist. No, no, no. You're uh, Brett Terpstra. 
Oh, no, he's up by the Markdown Psychology Center. Okay. I think it's near the Twin Cities. Um, but here, here's one thing I, I think I know about dogs is what, what you're saying. So for, first, first of all, to reiterate, I think what, it sounds like what you're saying is that it feels like loyalty, but it's maybe conditioning, a combination of conditioning and evolution. If I could, if I could speak, as you know, I'm not a, I'm not a, a social biologist, but, but uh, dogs know where the next meal is coming from and they know, here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say, I think dogs like knowing where they stand. And I, I base this on a lot of uh, secondhand and some firsthand information. I know times I've failed with dealing with being a dog companion uh, has been because of this, but I think a dog likes to know who's in charge and like, you know, who, who should be seeing which butt basically. Mm. And I think what makes things confused in a, in a dog house, I suspect is when that relationship is a unclear or, and or be inconsistent. I think that's when you get a wackadoodle dog is when you're inconsistent with it. It doesn't but, have the, the boundaries, rules, and regulations. That's true. But it needs but the, those. The dog needs I'm, those. Especially the German Shepherds. Well, you know, and I've talked about Rottweilers before. My, um, I told you, I think I told you this. My friend in high school's uh, dad was the uh, head guy at the canine uh, unit at our sheriff's department in Florida. And really interesting guy and really interesting. And, and it was all Rottweilers. Have we had this? We had this conversation, haven't we? I think this we have. one, I think we have. But I mean, to make a long story short, he said basically, you know, a couple of things that I found very interesting because it's always two things with me. Well, one was that, um, you know, the dog lives with the sheriff, with the deputy for a long time before they ever take it out in the field. Mm-hmm. I, and that you end up learning something about the dog, but a lot about the deputy from how that dog behaves. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. dogs will really pick up a lot. And the, and the second part, the thing about a Rottweiler, according to this guy, and boy, are you going to get an email about this, is that Rottweilers are really, really smart and really observant. And I think to your point, um, they will kind of take things over. Now, they won't become vicious necessarily, but like try and move a Rottweiler. Like if a wild Rottweiler has determined in the fullness of time that it can sit on this chair or lay on this couch or chew on this thing, Apparently, it can really be game over. And the, the Rottweilers, like a lot of dogs, really like to know like, like what the deal is at this place. So I think that's, you know, it's a lot like people at work in some ways. I think people, you know, even if people don't like the answer that they hear, they like to hear an answer for something. You know, mm-hmm. I, actually, I'm thinking about loyalty now. That's an interesting topic. Because, you know, there's a lot of people who say altruism doesn't exist, for example. Right. Even, you know, it's just one of those things where you can get high and sit in the cafeteria for five hours and talk about this. But, you know, some people say that, you know, altruism is just an expression of uh, what's the opposite of altruism? Selfishness or self uh, that really even when you think you're doing something to save the tribe or help the tribe, you're actually, you know, or the pack in that mm-hmm. case. Like you're re- it's really because it's your pack or your tribe that you're really ultimately helping yourself. Loyalty is a very interesting accidental topic that I would love to talk about. Uh, let me do that. Do that next Sorry. time. Let me do the sponsor. Yeah. Tell me about something you like. All right. This is, this is a great new sponsor. Not that nothing to take away from Backblaze. They're a great new sponsor too. Got two new good ones. Less meeting. We, I have been using these guys now. This is really cool, Merlin. I don't know if you've checked this out. You know what, Merlin? I'm going to invite you into my uh, less meeting uh, group. I don't know. I would like that. I, I had, I went and I looked at this a little bit and I had, I don't know about this, but I would like to know more. All right. So let me tell, let me tell you about this. Uh, the less meeting folks are all about not, you know how you'll get, you get like the 37 signals guys are like, we don't have meetings anymore. We never have meetings. Don't have meetings. Like the real world 
is actually <laughs> you're going to have meetings. And we've talked about it a lot. And it, it's unreasonable to say, oh, we're a company. We're never going to have meetings. Well, guess what? When you have like 150 people working there, you're probably going to have to have some meetings. But these guys will help you run these meetings and run them very, very effectively. They'll help you organize them. And they have the software both on the web and iOS to do this. And their focus is the meeting process. Okay, so they let you organize and you optimize your meetings by seamlessly integrating productivity into your calendar. They handle meeting notes. They handle the to-dos. The software lets you make uh, like agendas and goals for the meeting. It helps you keep all of them on time, on track, and then you can share the notes. You can delegate the the items and the follow-ups and things that come from the meeting. So you don't walk out of the meeting like, yeah, it was a really good meeting. I have no idea what I'm supposed to do now. Because no. the, the, half, the half-life for remembering what happened in a meeting is about the amount of time it takes for you to like take your coffee cup and walk out. <laughs> That's about right. And meeting, even, you guys, huh? They have, they have the metrics that let you do this if you're running the meetings. They have, like I said, they have an iPad app, iPhone app. And so we're, um, we're, we're here and we're having a conversation with the, uh, our contact over there at, uh, at Less Meeting. And while we're talking to him, he's using less meeting itself for the meeting that we're having with him. So after the meeting, he sends us the email, which well, I guess it's automated. It comes from less meeting itself. It sends us the, the notes and everything. And it, all of the points that we talked about were there. It has all of the percentages that it shows who attended. It shows what the action items are. All of this is happening. And he doesn't sound distracted on the phone when he's talking to us. He's completely focused. It's genius. You can do this on your iPhone. You do it on your iPad. So if you're sitting in a, you know, like Merlin does, sitting in a Panera, you know, eating bread, and you want to have a meeting, that's where you, you have your professional meetings in a Panera, then you can, you know, you can bring all of this with you and it links to your web account. So it's there on the web. Maybe you're out doing a sales call and you need to have these meeting notes and information back at the home office, wherever that is. They can access them that you put in from your iPad or your iPhone. They'll see them right there on the web. It's genius stuff. And uh, they're giving you a month free if you go to uh, lessmeeting, L-E-S-S meeting.com slash register. You get to try a month for free. If you decide that it's time to finally like get organized and get your meeting life together, 10% off for the lifetime of your entire team. Dan sent me six because it's the sixth month. Dan sent me six. We'll get you 10% off lessmeeting.com. Thanks very much to Less Meeting uh, for uh, supporting uh, 5 by 5 and Back to Work. Yes, thank you. I'm sitting here looking at this and I already see like three things that immediately grab me. Like you think on the face of it, like, oh, this is great. You're going to put your notes together. Something that, you know, there's even, I think, open source software that'll do this, right? Uh, big deal, right? You type in the stuff you're going to do. But I've already seen like three things that I really like in here. Uh, key commands. They got all kinds of cool key commands. I, I, that sounds like such a small thing. But key commands are one of those things where like Quicksilver, like once you start using it, which is key commands, I guess. But once you start using key commands for stuff, you realize like how much stuff you don't need to be doing. Mm-hmm. You know, like meta key lists, like you yep. hit, yep. you know, like in, in Gmail. So that's super cool. Two more, they've got learn and improve. So you can basically, people can evaluate how good the meeting was by sending anonymous feedback. How cool is that? It's very cool. Because like, what do we talk about in our meeting? And when uh, there's more than two people in the meeting, then it's, it's harder to tell where the feedback is coming from. <laughs> that's, that's true. It's like uh, when they vote Michael out of the dorm room. Right. Wherever two or more of him are, uh, of them are gathered in his mm-hmm. name. But here's the other one. Uh, I don't know. This is just so cool. There's exactly one field with one button called parking lot. 
Remember we talked about the parking lot yep. in our meetings? We should put that in, in notes, our meetings. That was a pretty good episode. I, invi- I just invited you to, into, my, uh, into my thing. All right. Well, I'll follow up on that. Uh, but, I, you know, the, we talked about this before. It's, it's so cool that that name is in parlance. I, I guess I didn't realize how much in parlance it is. But the parking lot is where you put anything that's like, hey, that's a really neat idea. But we kind of need to get back to this thing that the meeting is for. No, this looks really cool. It's, it's, it's really easy to over-engineer this stuff, but I, I like a tool that's got a lot of comprehensive stuff, but then you can use the parts that really work for you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very happy to have them as, uh, as a sponsor, and I, I'm looking forward to doing this. For our meetings, it would be very useful. Don't you think? I do. Yeah. I do it for this show. Yeah. Okay. I would do that. <clears throat> the whole show. Just do it as me. And, 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 and I got a bad, but we got a bad grade. On our meeting because we got a 45% out of 100. I don't know. I don't know why I need to go over there. And we only had 75% attendance, but everybody, I know. So I don't Even know. though there was only two of us there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's because your attendance is usually half-hearted. So that is actually the ow, 25% ow. of the net meeting. Ow. Stings. All right. Um, loyalty. Yeah, loyalty. I don't think we've ever talked about loyalty. And, uh... So you're, you're, you're making the, the, the crack or the joke or the observation, the reality about dogs and loyalty. I don't think they're loyal. I don't think that they're making... See, I feel that way about cats. I feel like cats are just waiting to eat your toes. Well, here's the thing is cats don't behave in a way that we interpret as being loyal. Yes. Dogs behave in a way that we interpret as being loyal. But I don't think that that's loyalty the way that a human being would be loyal. I'm not saying dogs are incapable of advanced emotion and advanced logical decision-making processes, as we all know that they are. But I'm just saying when it comes to loyalty, I, I think that's a, a genetically engineered behavior over the pack mentality over uh, decades or eons, as you say, of uh, evolution that breeds them into a pack animal. The pack has to have a leader and leader. I'm a dog expert now, but. Well, no, and I mean, you know, I made the crack about anthropomorphism, mm-hmm. but. You know, there's, there, are, there are things that, in my understanding, do differentiate us from most <clears throat> animals, most mammals. You know, and one of them is self-consciousness, self-awareness. We know that we are a creature that is thinking. And, you know, uh, you know, there used to be stuff like, oh, you know, only we use tools or only, well, you know, ants use tools too. They can stick a, put a stick in a log or whatever, if you know what I mean. But, um, but I think one thing that differentiates us is that ability to say or to think, um, you know, will I be loyal or not? Do I choose to be loyal or not? Not to get on Neil Pert, but, mm. but, but think about that. I, don't, I wonder if dogs even had the ability to go, oh, I will be loyal to this poor person and disloyal. I don't think there, it's, it's like detente, right? I don't think there's a word in dog for loyal. I, I, I bet it is very much just about connections. You know this is true with kids. Long before kids can speak, long before kids can understand what you're saying, they do notice patterns. Mm-hmm. It, it, it isn't you know, as much as you know, when they become conniving and just want candy. Uh, the, the, there's a lot of patterns they notice there. <laughs> I've got the empty cupboard to prove it, but, but I, I, um, I, I, there's the things that, oh boy, are you going to get email about this? Some of the things that help us, uh, survive. I don't understand much about how an animal evolves to look like a branch. I don't understand that much about, you know, all the different ways that, that evolution works in that sense. But I do, I, I have no problem at all believing or understanding that patterns for success that tend to work out would be passed along, even just through, whatever the dog version of, of ritual is, you know, <laughs> the dog equivalent of don't run into the street where the traffic is, mm-hmm. you know, the, the ability, uh, the doggy spider sense to, to detect danger or whatever. Um, but, but inside of a, think about inside of a, of a company or a team or, or a whatever, um, 
I don't know. It's weird to me how like loyalty rarely comes up in a work context unless somebody's thinking about quitting or they're thinking on, on the one end or on the other side of that equation, they're wondering if people are going to quit or are for that matter or stealing or, or whatever. But like, it's, it's weird how, like, if you talked about loyalty when you were hiring somebody, mm-hmm. think about how abstract that is. Well, 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 well yeah, will I be loyal to a place where I don't have a job yet? Like, uh, you know what I mean? Like you can consider yourself. I've met people who I would consider very loyal people, mm-hmm. meaning on the face of it, that they will stick with a, a person, a situation, a job or whatever, um, past the point that other people might give it up because it's difficult or requires sacrifice or doesn't benefit them in the short term, mm-hmm. which I, I guess that could be a kind of loyalty, but I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I think loyalty, it, it's, it ends up being an emotional um, crowbar a lot of the time. Like, you know, as a manager, you would say that some trying to say that somebody's uh, disloyal, you know, or as an employee, you might say, well, hey, you have to reward me this way because I'm being loyal. Mm-hmm. But like, what does loyalty really look like in a person? Does it mean like I don't, I don't cheat on my partner when they're not around? Does it mean that I don't take candy from the uh, crippled kids box, even though, you know, nobody's here? Right. I mean, like what's, what you know, and in a work context today where so many people have zero, less than zero job security, Yeah. you know, Florida, it's a right to work state. Like, you know, what is, what does loyalty mean? You know, is that a dumb question? No, I think it's a very good question. And I don't, I, I don't think at least coming from my standpoint, when I think about this, that there isn't really like a definitive answer, um, at least in, in my mind, because I think it's all very, very circumstantial. I think it's all something that, that is, it, it depends very much on the situation. I don't think that there is some kind of like, this is the definition and if, if, if what your behavior does falls outside of it, then you, that's not loyalty. Well, <clears throat> sorry, orange juice. Can, um, can you guess? Very acidic. <clears throat> can you guess how many bullet points I have on what I think loyalty might mean? How many? Just take a wild you? guess. Out of all the, all the numbers in the world. I got two. Um, <laughs> I think, um, the, the loyalty, what we primarily think of as loyalty on the face of it is like I say that, that I will, I will, my loyalty, for example, to this job is that I will stick with this when times are difficult. I will stick th- to this when times are uncertain. Like when I may feel that I should really, I might be better for me to leave or better for me to, you know, to do these things that would in the short term seemingly benefit me. Right. So, I mean, I guess that's kind of obvious is loyalty means that I will, I will stick, I will stick with you through these times. They're difficult. And when other people might not be loyal, Mm -hmm. but the other side of that coin is I will stick with you through this. So it's, you couldn't be loyal to everyone. It's like selecting versus choosing, right? Right. I think loyalty, the implication, think about loyalty in a relationship. The loyalty in a relationship is, yeah, I may be this really good person, but I'm only going to be this good person with you. And what do we mean when we say a dog is loyal? When we say a dog is man's best friend, any of those cliches, what you're really saying is that they're my best friend or that they're loyal to me. So, you know, it doesn't, I guess that doesn't have to have the connotation of selfishness or selflessness on the loyal person or dog side. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I think that's a, that's an important implication of it. 
You know what I mean? Like, are, are you loyal to the company? Are you loyal to your boss? Are you loyal to your team? Because those have very different implications in the sort of decisions, the kind of um, choices that you make. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Well, it does come down to making choices, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I, I made that the seemingly probably <clears throat> subtle distinction a few episodes ago about the difference between select, selecting and choosing. Mm-hmm. Right. So think about like, to me, it's the difference. It's almost like the difference between a checkbox and a radio button. So like a checkbox, you say, Hey, um, select, like select the cities that you would potentially like to live in. And you go, Oh, I'd like to live in one, five, nine, you know, 1137, you know, odd numbers. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I pick, I select all of those, but then you say, well, choose which city you want to live in. And to me, that's a really important distinction. Selecting means like I have said that, that the, these are my preferences, but choosing is I'm willfully and mindfully excluding everything except for this one selection that I have chosen. I don't know why, but that this, I've actually been thinking about that a lot because that, that really does, it sticks in my head because certainly it, it goes to the whole like uh, priorities or you know what you care about stuff. But <clears throat> I think failing to see that distinction between selecting and choosing can be really detrimental. And in that case, you are um, choo- when you choose to be loyal uh, or choose to to feel or portray yourself as loyal. Um, what you're really trying to say is that I have chosen you to be loyal to, which now that'll have ramifications. Well, first of all, it gives you a chance to be really duplicitous because now you seem like a really honest person. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I don't know. This is this is probably kind of up in the trees, huh? No, I like this one. Yeah. But I've used, I've told you before how I've used loyalty at the time, I, I think <clears throat> unintentionally, but, or unconsciously, uh, I've used loyalty as a crowbar with my old boss, you know, Hey, you know, we're not going to get the stop stock options and, uh, you know, I really want to be loyal to you. So, uh, you should derp, derp, get me all this stuff. And I told you that story and my, and my boss, you know, awesome boss. He said, Merlin, I can't afford your loyalty right now. Oh, wow. Which was, you know, right, needed to be said. And, and I don't think he meant it to say you're being kind of a tool about trying to make me feel bad in this passive-aggressive way. But, it, I, I mean, I, I, think, I think he meant it the way he said it, which was, hey, there's not a lot I can do for you, and you're not helping the situation by doing this. But what, in retrospect, what I take away also is, wow, what, what, a, what, a, what a dumb thing to say like, for me. Like, what a selfish, passive-aggressive thing for me to say is to like, you know, what's the worst thing you could do in being a loyal person is to try and predicate that loyalty on somebody else doing or being a certain way. Well, then that's not really loyalty. That's negotiating, mm-hmm. which is okay, but then you shouldn't call it that, you know? That, that, you know, again, this we've talked about passive aggression so many times, but that's, to me, that's an important concept because in passive aggressiveness, you are not being upfront about what you're really trying to say to somebody, and two, you're implying that now they should feel bad or do something differently as a result of what you didn't actually say. So if I said to somebody, you know, um, what, you know, whatever, you don't sweat much for a fat girl, like you, you're, you know, one of those kinds of things you say, but you know what I mean? You say to somebody, one of those, one of those left-handed things, like, uh, you know, um, <laughs> nice hat, looks good on you, you know? You know, or, uh, you know, our little jokes that I hope are jokes, uh, you know, it's your show. Mm-hmm. It's your show kind of means, well, you, uh, it's sarcastic, but it also means uh, the implication being that like this should be our show. And in that case, me talking to my awesome boss, Giles, I mean, <laughs> what I'm really saying to him is, 
like I, I, I'm presenting you with all of my ribbons here about how great I've been to you. And I want you to convert that into something like money on my part. You know, sometimes loyalty is keeping your mouth shut and doing your work. Real loyalty. Mm -hmm. But do you think the other person, do you have to show you, do you have to remind other people of your loyalty or should it just show in what you do? Yeah, I think it should. I, I think, I think if you have to talk about it, then it's not loyalty because then there's some kind of, the only reason that someone would talk about loyalty is either one to manipulate somebody else because they're saying, well, look, I was loyal and I need this, which is kind of what you were saying a minute ago. Uh, or, or two, you're having to defend yourself for loyalty that has gone unnoticed, but loyalty should be something that you do for the sake of doing it and n not because you're going to use it later to demonstrate that you were loyal. It's something you do out of an internal feeling of, I don't want to say respect, that's not the right word, but an in, it, it's almost like a, a, something ha compels you or obligates you in some way to... Because, that, because that's who you are. Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. I feel, that way about, I feel that way about tipping. Um, where I can see you as a big tipper. Well, I think, uh, now this sounds like I'm talking about my own loyalty when I say this, but <laughs> I think proportionately... I am what a lot of people would consider an over-tipper. Like when I go and I get takeout food, I always give them at least like a couple bucks. Right. Part of that is not actually that loyal or altruistic. It's that I remember being somebody who worked in a restaurant sure. and how many people didn't understand that that's how I made a living. There's certainly a non-altruistic side of me that thinks, well, they'll remember that I always tip a lot more than everybody else in my neighborhood and maybe I'll get better treatment. That must be somewhere in the back of my mind. Uh, part of it's certainly just habit in that case. But I'm, I'm, this this now suddenly, <laughs> in in our third hour of this, it's actually getting interesting. But that that that's when you talk about loyalty being something you shouldn't have to say. I'm very interested in those kinds of things, and we've talked about this in uh, several shows recently. Is you know, in, in my case, like there's certain things that like you don't need to know that I do this. Like I don't need to talk about a good thing that I did on Facebook. Like if you're doing it to talk about it on Facebook, you know, no, I understand it helps the cause. You know, I gave two dollars to something, and because I pretend that I care. Beep, 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 beep. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, well, how about instead? Why don't you go give him fifty bucks and volunteer and not tell anybody? Like that would be a really cool thing to do, right? Because that's who you want to be. And you know, in the case of loyalty or tipping, I guess you know it certainly must, in some ways, come out of of who you want to be. But then, how do you handle this? What if you feel like you've been loyal to someone? Uh -huh. They should. Acknowledge the loyalty. See, yes. See, acknowledge and reward that in, in a way where you wouldn't even have to have this conversation. But then what if you feel like you're getting taken advantage of? Do you, should you remind somebody how much you've been loyal? So, so uh, yeah, you've been, can you, can you remind them? Well, I mean, I'll just tell you, boy, this is one of those classic that's fine for Merlins, but I think there are a lot of people on a team who feel like they've been there longer and they've tried harder. They've sacrificed more. I mean, tell me, tell me honestly, listeners, like you've never met anybody who felt like they worked harder than other people on your team. There, there's, you've never met anybody who thought that they sacrificed more than other people on the team. You never, right? Or, or that maybe, maybe you're the new person and you're doing more than the person who's been there a long time. Well, in some ways, you would like to think that you're actually more loyal because you're scrapping while this person is phoning it in. But in those instances, don't we all reach a point in a job like that where we think, now my loyalty is being used against me. 
I'm getting I'm getting punked out in some ways. Mm-hmm. Maybe you, you feel, have, I mean, I, I've I've tried really. There's some places where I've tried to be loyal. I could couch that as loyalty when actually I just really needed the job. <laughs> but there have certainly been places where I felt like, <laughs> wow, I'm doing so much you guys don't even see here. Right, right. We talked about being an information janitor and people not noticing till the toilets back up. Yeah, but there's certain kinds of jobs where you go, you know, you get all like into Milton mode, and you're like, you know, if I leave here, this place is going to be a mess. You going to be sad at my funeral, you know, kind of yeah. person. But um, and loyalty, I guess, in some ways, in its ideal state, would be mutual. You'd be you'd be loyal to to each other. I mean, I think that. It's almost like an agreement in that way, isn't it? If, if your personalities, your comportment, your goals, and your general outlook on life um, meet up, regardless of, you know, who's the pitcher and who's the catcher, uh, <laughs> then, then uh, I guess that should line up. Because <laughs> yeah. loyalty very much comes out of trust. If you don't have trust for somebody, it's not going to matter how loyal they say they are. Because now you're going to wonder how you can figure out whether they're actually being loyal when they're not in front of you needing to be loyal. Right. This is really, this is virtually Talmudic at this point. I know. Yeah. Um, this, I, I don't know. I've been thinking a lot lately about the, the stuff. I made that joke about, uh, I can't get into that topic, but um, about the things that were not even just in a strictly passive aggressive way, but the things that we're trying to say when we say certain kinds of things and the, 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 the coded statements that we try to make with each other. And in that case, if you were to talk about loyalty in the context of work, I really can't think of a way in which that's not a little bit of a, of a jerk move. Not, not necessarily like, you know, like, like for me, for example, like I, I and this is, this is really the domain of your angry show, mm. but like, I don't think you should ever threaten to quit a job. I think you should either have a job and be committed in, in every necessary way, or you should leave. Um, I don't love how things have turned out. Oh, I, okay, okay, hold on. Yeah. Should leave. Well, you know, there's a lot of people like, this is this is me in that one situation. Like, mm-hmm. you can't leave because you got bills. So why are you threatening? Because you want it to change and you're, you're uh, unprepared to approach it in a more rational way. This is what okay. people do. They, they, get, they get fed up, they get angry, and then they quit, right? Okay, so the thing is now I'm your manager and you brought that to me and here's me. Oh, my God. You need I to hate- be given, as, a, as an employer, you need to be given a chance to make the situation better. But that's not, you- that doesn't make sense, Dan. You just, so, so you come to me and you say, let's say you say in the sanest way possible, like, I, uh, I don't want to quit this job. I need this job, but these things that are, that are totally rational need mm-hmm. to change. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it could be that we both know that I'm not making, first of all, what I'm worth and be what, what I know you guys can afford. It could, I'm, what I'm trying to stipulate to you is that might all be real and honest stuff. Mm-hmm. And, but you're, if I understand your position, you're saying, but you need that job or have to have that job. Well, then why would you ever threaten to quit? Because I'm your manager and I say, oh my God, I'm, you're gonna, I, I'm, I'm never going to have missed an employee as much as I'm going to miss you. But I couldn't, based on what you're saying, it would be unreasonable of me to ask you to stay here. If you need a reference, let me know. Take all the time you want, mm-hmm. but I'm going to miss you. Mm-hmm. Suddenly go, oh, well, you know, I mean, it's, it's not that bad, right? <laughs> you're saying you need to be prepared to walk out. I just, I can't imagine a situation where most, almost all of the time, I think here's what I think you can do. I think you can remind somebody how much you need one another. You might go to, like, if I'd gone to my boss 
I see now in retrospect, I go, I think about going to my boss. He didn't need me as much as I needed him. I was trying to make him feel like the company needed me more than I needed them. But that just simply wasn't the case. What you could say to somebody is, okay, it's time for a reality check about this. Um, I just, I I just think in most cases that I can think of, um, if you want to leave, you should leave. And if you want to stay, don't act like you want to leave. Maybe that's duplicitous, but the thing is you can either deal with it or you can't. And part of figuring out whether you can deal with it is knowing whether you could do without the job. I just don't think there's that many people outside of maybe sales that are in a position to go in and threaten to go over to Jerry Graff's and then walk away with better leads. <laughs> right. I think it's going to make you, you know, you're supposed to be like, you're supposed to be my lab partner, right? <laughs> Sorry. Fantastic, Mr. Fox. I am your lab partner. No, you're not. You're disloyal. That's what you come off as. You come off as seeming, I don't know. I don't know. I think it feels like extortion, you know? And once you've tried to extort somebody, it's not going to make them respect you more. Um, in most cases, especially in a job context where if your boss thinks of you as a commodity, let, let's put it this way. Mm-hmm. How about this? Um, talking on my butt a little bit, but you, I think sometimes, Hmm. Hmm. I'm threatening to quit because I'm loyal. <laughs> it hurts me to be so loyal. I think a lot, sometimes people are really, I know I'll speak for myself. I've been very surprised to find out some interesting things about, what do they call them? Double acts about like, um, Evan Costello or about oh, like why? Like why? Cause this stuff, I don't know. I don't know anything about this. And it's always, I've always wondered this kind of thing. Oh, well I can tell you a couple things. Um, <laughs> Official title, it's always two with me. Um, one thing, I, I first heard this about Evan Costello. I've heard this about Martin and Lewis. And I think it's true in a surprising number of, you know, comedy double acts or, uh-huh. you know, show business acts, is that it's not unusual at all for one of the two people to get paid more. That surprised me to learn that. And what, what really surprised me was that a lot of times it's the straight man that gets paid more. Why? Why? Because they were better at negotiating or... <laughs> <laughs> You're lucky I'm so loyal. Um, uh, I think that uh, Bud Abbott made a, I'll have to go look this up, but I'm pretty sure Bud Abbott made a good deal more than Luke Costello. I think, uh, I, I, if memory serves, I need to look this up, but I think uh, Dean Martin made more than Jerry Lewis. Like when you think of a comedy act, though, you think of the funny one as being the one who, who, who gets more money, but that was just part of their relationship. Mm. So why do I bring this up? Because if you, I think when I say a reality check, like you might want to go to somebody and say, okay, you know, we're, we're booked at the, did, I mean, do you know what Martin and Lewis were making? They no were idea. the highest, they were the highest paid entertainers of their time. If memory serves, they were getting for their shows at uh, Copa, where was it? I don't remember. Anyway, they had a show where they did, you know, uh, they had a gig where they were doing like, Two shows a night on weekends, maybe. I don't know. They're doing a lot of shows, but they got $50,000 a week in the early 1950s. I mean, what, what, does 50, that, what does that translate to in today's month? Well, from Alpha, well, from Alpha. Um, let's find out. Isn't there a way to do that on Wolf from Alpha? Uh, no, see, now I'm stopping the show because I really want to know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, we'll edit. I mean, we'll edit all this out. Yeah, you know, 50. See, let's say $1 in 1951. I don't know why I sing the All Things Considered song. So a dollar, 
$1 in today's dollars was 11 cents in 1951. So that's like 500 grand a week. Is that right? What? So they made $50,000 a week in the early 50s. I think that's correct. Anyway, the point being, they made a lot of dough. So let's say you, you got a, no, okay, let's make it even harder. Let's, mm, let's say you're about to get a booking. Because if you have a booking and you try to renegotiate, like you're kind of being a little cheesy, but let's say you're about to get, you got an agent, your agent comes to you and says, okay, you know, Smith and Jones, uh, fish and pin, whatever, you know, pin and cushion, like we're we going to book you. Any Mitchell and Webb fans, give it up. Um, we want to book you for $50,000 a week at this club. And the thing is working through an agent, the two of you represent a black box. Like the agent just says, okay, it's $50,000 a week. And then the agent like is going to like pay these people accordingly. Well, so what if you're uh, Jones and you're not getting as much as Smith? And so I guess you start by going to Smith and saying, hey, look, if we're going to take this gig, we both want this gig. But you know what? They're hiring us. They need both of us. And we have been very loyal to each other. But a whatever, let's be fair, like a 60-40 split is not working out for me. We're both veterans now. They're not going to hire just me. They're not going to hire just you. We're the Gestalt twins. Like they've got to have both of us to make this work. So maybe you go to Smith and try to escalate that. And maybe Smith agrees or doesn't. Maybe you try to escalate that to the agent. And you say to the agent, hey, this is the way we've got to split this up. Like to me, uh, that's, that's one thing that, that it would be one thing. That's a kind of loyalty you can live with where it's to me about if you like renegotiation or a reality check, but in the other situation of saying, we just got, we've just signed on for this gig that the black box through the agent gets paid $50,000 a week. And then I, and then, uh, one person goes to the other and says, uh, you know what? Not only do I no longer want a 60-40 split, I now want a 30-70 split where I'm walking and we'll both be reneging on the contract. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I've been loyal, so you owe that to me. Maybe I've already un unconsciously uh, changed the topic, but I think that's a big difference. And I think the problem is when you go into an, an employer, somebody, where, especially when you serve, as they say, at their pleasure, where they, they could... I'm not even saying you're a commodity. Maybe you're somebody who's like a developer and, you, and you're really, uh, if not essential, at least very valuable to the team. I think, I think you, I mean, I think a lot of people go in and pretend like they're quitting, but they're actually kind of like fake quitting because they're wanting the person to go, oh, boo-hoo, like I, I, I can't stand to have you go. Let me get you a car and a masseuse and, and dry cleaning. But I, I don't know. I just think unless you really know what you're doing and you really understand your value, it doesn't help you. It doesn't help your status to, to do that. And especially not to do it more than once. Yeah. Because don't you seem a little bit like you're extorting them? Don't you think? What do you No, You know, it's your damn, it's your show, the, this and the other show. Now, what do you think about this? Have you, have you ever successfully gone in and done that? Have you threatened no. to quit? Got no. what you wanted? No. I think maybe one time I may have gone in and said, you know, in, in my maybe second job, I may have gone in and said like, uh, yeah, I think I, I, you know, there's, there's other jobs out, something like, you know, you can just imagine how much of a jerk we all were at this age. Like, I don't, I, Dan, I don't even have to imagine. I still remember <laughs> what a jerk I was. It was so much crystal clarity. Oh man. But you know, it was, it would be something like, yeah, you know, there's, there's other jobs. Like my buddy does this and he makes like 15 K more than me. I sure could, you know, I'd like to stay here cause I really like it here, but I need to make some more money. I think that was probably the closest 
that I ever got to something doing something like that. But it didn't. I don't believe that it worked. I actually well, remember one place, my, my performance on the job, I was so burnt out and so not giving it my all that I got like the lowest raise out of everybody in my department. Oh, well, hang on. So this, and this before you said anything, before you said anything. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. But you, you didn't, you certainly didn't get what you thought you were worth. Well, what I thought I was worth, not what I was actually putting out there. <laughs> I mean, if I, if I had been busting my ass, like my, uh, my fellow people in the department, I probably would have gotten more than a 3% increase. I would have gotten an eight or 10% like they all did. And the irony is, of course, if they actually believed, I'm not saying this is you, but if they believed that that person was that loyal, they know they could afford to pay him less. That's probably true. <laughs> um, I, 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 uh, tutored about this earlier about how, uh, you know, we, we kid a lot about the early episodes, but I, there's a the second half of episode five is one of my favorite, uh, parts of the show. Cause I think we got it. It became the basis for a lot of what hopefully got and stayed interesting about this show. And, and one of the things I talked about was, uh, that we talked about was the, the problem of, um, expertise oh, yeah. and how you may not, you well, in the sense that like, you may think you're a lot further along than you are. And it might be really patently obvious to other people that you're not where you think you are. Um, and so when you, and, and what I was trying to say uh, in that, in that part of it was, well, if you have expertise and you guys should go back and listen to that. It's pretty good. All, all back when the show was good, we had a lot of good episodes, but, but you know, there's this, there's this they were thing. All good. They were all good. <laughs> all good. That's right. I love all my children, even the ones that aren't very good. Uh, but you, but uh, what was I saying that, um, expertise and independence are very heavily intertwined that you kind of can't continue having one without naturally getting the other or put differently. It's difficult to get more of one unless you're getting an increasing amount of the other vis-a-vis. If you get better and better at what you do, you're going to have more independence because now you have more portable job skills. As you get more portable job skills, you get an interesting new job where you learn new things and make new connections, which then, and to me, right? I think that's kind of symbiotic. And the thing is, if that is the case, the, the, the case that I was trying to make anyway in, in this episode five was that if you really are good at what you do, you pro- would probably have a better job than you already have. You wouldn't need to whine about it because you'd have no problem walking in wherever you want and getting the job that was appropriate for you, right? So, so I guess what I'm trying to say here is, to me, it's one thing to walk in somewhere and, and even if it's a manager or even if it's a VP or, or, or a director or whatever, I think you can go in and really talk turkey with somebody if, if, if there is a reality that needs to be acknowledged. And the reality that ne- might need to be acknowledged is like, hey, look, uh, I don't have any control over how this company runs, but I can tell you this. Uh, here's these three projects that I almost single-handedly saved last year. It made us both look good. Uh, I, haven't, I haven't asked for or gotten a substantial raise in five years. And uh, I, on my own, I went out and learned all these new things that are, were not part of my job description, whatever, whatever is appropriate here. But you can imagine a scenario where you've gotten so good at what you do that you actually understand how good you are at it. Isn't it wonderful to meet somebody who will be honest about what they don't know how to do? Mm. They don't have male answer syndrome. They could just say, well, you know what? I don't do my own dental work. I don't make my own ketchup and I don't line my own brakes. And that has served me well. <laughs> uh, and in that case, I think it doesn't matter if you're loyal. What matters is if you're good at your job. You know, you don't have to take out the crowbar of loyalty title. You, you've, you've got a way of walking in there and talking person to person and saying, well, here's, you know, my version of reality is this. Like, uh, this is a really great place to be, blah, blah, blah. But the truth is, 
you do need me and I need you. And I know that I'm actually worth this much. Is that something you can help me with? And then you're talking like gentlemen, as we say. Uh, the other person could say, you know what? We just don't have it in the budget. Or I just, I don't have a way to even look at that until quarter two of next year. Uh, we have this uh, quiet period going on, IPO, blah, blah. We've got all this. It could be all real stuff. It could just be that there's a budget freeze and they're actually looking for ways to cut rather than increase costs. Well, what if all of that were really, really true? Well, now what do you say? Well, if you're really that good, you should have no problem and you understand the job market. You should have no problem at all saying, well, I, I hope you can understand my position on this, that, you know, I, I, it's not, and I'm not blaming you, but I understand that that's not going to work out. And the other person, if they're growing up would say, I absolutely understand. Is there, is there anything we could do to uh, make this more palatable for you for like, you know, six months or so, at least keep you here for a while. Maybe not, you know, but actually, you know, I probably should go take this other position. Okay. And then you move on. And then, but when you start introducing loyalty into it, <laughs> don't you think that becomes, it's weird. It's, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of, um, it's tricky. And no, no, I mean, tricky as in shenanigans. Like, it's almost like you're trying to pull out some kind of, I thought you loved me thing. Well, I do love you, but you're not very good at your job. And that's kind of what I'm here to take care of. Yeah. We're running long, aren't we? And we still have one more sponsor to do. This so is we can, good, we man. We can have this more. Is, we can have this more. Is one for the, this is one for the vaults. Dan, could you tell me about something you like? <laughs> This is one, you know, you like this one too, Shutterstock. I'm going to send you my screen grab. I already did one. Shutterstock.com, where you find over 20 million stock photos, vectors, illustrations, video clips, tons of stuff. Merlin likes to go in there with his fancy iPad app. Sending it to you right now. Just did one. And he let, where'd you send it? The robot? I'm sending it to the robot. I'm sending it to the dingus. It'll be there in a sec. Go ahead. You'll see in a minute. Go ahead. All right. I love Shutterstock. I love this iPad app. I love it so much. Basically, you go there and you start building these things called light boxes, which if you're like a designer or photographer, you know what that is. It's exactly the way that it works. You start going through and say, oh, I like that image. Chuck it in your light box. Oh, I like this uh, icon set. Put in light box. So that what you have is you have a very, very efficient way of organizing this, especially if you're doing it on the iPad. I mean, that's really – their website's great. But the iPad app is so cool. And you put all of this stuff together and then you can, you can share it. You can keep it for yourself. You can share it with your client, your coworker, your teammate. When I was sick, where did you send this one, Merlin? Oh, I'm sorry. I sent it, I sent it to your iMessages. To iMessage. Okay. I can send it to the other one. No, no, no. It's good. I got it. Yeah, it's there good. it is right now. But what you, what you did. Just did when, a search for boss. When I was sick, you <laughs> oh, did right. a thing of, oh, look at this. That's boss. <laughs> I like That's the guy in upper left. <laughs> I love that the first image for boss is that guy telling you he doesn't care how loyal you are. Right. We got to use that. sign on the line, which is dotted. Put me on the board, John. But that's, you know, it, it's so easy to find really cool stuff. It's so easy to organize all of it. When I was sick, Merlin went and he, he did a search for sick and I, he sent me this light box full of uh, sick kids. Sent you a box full of sick kids yeah. right there. I knew it would make you feel better. And these guys really, really like any time that you're looking for an image, you always start with these guys. They work with individuals so that you have individual illustrators and photographers and people who make templates, infographic templates, so that when you buy this stuff, you're also supporting the individuals. You're supporting the people who, uh, who made the artwork themselves. And it's really, really just the best images and the best stuff. I love it. 24-hour support during the work. Week. So, and there's always reasons to come back. When I had that uh, collection of 90 gajillion dollar uh, CDs of 
people, white people shaking hands. There was only so many things I would look at. I would just keep flipping them in and out and go, uh, in this case, you might be really delighted to come back after a month or two and find there's a whole bunch more stuff about one of your favorite topics. So you're mm-hmm. not stuck using the same picture of a child chasing a red balloon. Let's search for that real quick. Do you remember that, um, that movie, the red balloon? You've got to follow your balloon. You're talking about that uh, French movie? Yeah, we. Oh, I think you're thinking of uh, Breathless. I got to tell you, I I love these guys. And uh, this iPad app, guys, my job in this spot is to get you to go play with the iPad app. Uh, And you're thinking to yourself, oh my gosh, that's going to be a really costly account to get. Is that correct, Dan? They need a costly account to get this? It's actually not very. But you got to buy the app, right? You do not have to buy the app. Let me understand this. So if I buy the app, then I have to pay for an account. Is that right? You you do not need to you pay for not? anything until you decide that there is something that you want to buy. These, the buying this stuff, buying the actual photos and whatnot costs money. But here's the thing. You can go do what I'm doing right here. here so listen. That's my iPad. And I, 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 I am in here with, my, with a free account looking at these free photos to look at in this free app. You've got to go try this thing out. It is so fun. It's a great demo. And, uh, and you can find this picture of an awesome looking boss. So what should people do if they'd like to get more engaged with Shutter, the, uh, Shutterstock.com, Merlin. S-H-U-T-T-E-R. Shutterstock. S-T-O-C-K. Shutterstock.com. No special URL. And when you're ready to buy something, we're going to give you 30% off. That's Dan sent me six is the code to use. Dan sent me six, just like the other code. 30% off. So like load up. Mm. You can, they have, they have things where you can go. Like if you're a, if you're a publication and you're going to like, for example, if I was going to do uh, a magazine and I was going to have stories in the magazine, I would probably want to have uh, some really good stock photos that would go along with it. Maybe I want to come up with icons for the whole site, infographics for a presentation, whatever. Load it up. 30% off. Dan sent me six. Shutterstock.com. Our thanks to uh, Shutterstock.com for supporting 5 by 5 and Back to Work and for making that cool app. It's funny. It is kind of funny, though, that all the boss pictures, and I don't know what their algorithm is for determining those. I'm guessing it's popularity in terms of probably purchases and added to light boxes, isn't it? Which some, when you guess something like that, mm-hmm. which to me would indicate, with nothing necessarily having to do with Shutterstock, that people are buying a lot of images when you search for boss, which I guess I could choose manager instead. <laughs> the top image is a guy who's apoplectically angry and pointing at you, which is pretty much exactly what I would want for my publication, my magazine, my tote bag. Dan, this is really this is running long. It got good there for a little bit, and that's what people look for from the early episodes. That's what, so they, anyway, that's what they miss. That's what they miss. You, you shouldn't you shouldn't own a, a, a cat, and if you get it, don't let it eat its poop. You should listen to episodes one through seven. Uh, make sure to put a lot of salt on your tri tip. Ooh. And, oh, and by, I added to the show notes. Yes, um, sous vide. Yes, a, a lot of places that you can go. To get uh, some really good grass-fed uh, and or organic uh, tri-tip, mm. so you can mm. you can go there. You can get that. Order it. Slanker. Don't forget slanker. And is, is that a euphemism? Huh. Hmm. And ahead, I also put in some recipes for how to prepare it. I know that's not Merlin's uh, recipe, but it, there's some in there from the Nom Nom Paleo uh, folks. That's literally the worst name I've ever heard for anything. That's, did you say? Did you say in a row the words "nom nom paleo"? That's what she calls her site, and she's a wonderful woman. <sighs> I've talked to her at great length. She's well, she's a friend and, and a wonderful, uh, wonderful person. Okay, lightning round. Pick your cuts real fast. Let's go back and forth. Uh, ready? In no particular order. You ready? Pick some. Ready? Pick cuts. What does that mean? Pick cuts. What does that mean? Okay. Pick cuts. Pick up. Pick your favorite cuts. Number one. I'm gonna go uh, ribeye. 
What else? What do you like? Well, ribeye. That's where I, I begin and end. I guess uh, flank steak would be next. Flat iron. Uh, yeah, flat iron. I mean, a hanger. Keep going. We're not done yet. Hanger steak, butcher steak, they call it. Uh huh. Uh-huh. You got any more? I like a strip. And then less so. A lot of I'm flavor. Done. I'm done. You know what I got? You ever, do you own a jacquard? I told you about this once That's before. That's the go, cologne. Uh, the cologne from, uh, they still Jacquard, sell that Jacquard. at Target. You can go to That's Target right. and get Jacquard it. Noir. Yeah, yeah, they got ladies up front that are spraying it right on you, if you know what I mean. Go look up a Jacquard. Jacquard is like this little thing. It's really cool. It's a really cool little dingus. It's, I think, 45 or 47 tiny little skinny knives, like the kind you use on me. And you go, shunka, shunka, shunka. And you press it down, and it breaks up the sinews and the fats and the muscles. And without pounding on it with a big hammer, it makes a cut like a tri-tip much more tender. It's really good if you're going to marinate something. But there's, I think there's two levels generally of jacquards. There's a fancy and a fancier one, but like 50 bucks. And uh, I can highly recommend the jacquard. You should get one today. Did you look at it? Jacquard? Jacquard? Or? I think you're thinking of Isaac Lacoste. Oh. Well, I like, of, no, I do like those. Air of Legere. <laughs> Want to button this up? <laughs> yeah, let's. Mm, I love you. Love you too, Merlin, man. 